This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking boxes. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Bear with me for just one second, folks. Hold on. Uh, I'm looking for... Oh, man alive. It's not coming up. Uh, apparently, the president's tweeting uh, and about North Korea. I will do some more searching and try to find it so I can get it exactly right. Welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm happy... Uh, that you guys have joined us. Telephone number is 888-933-93-888-900-3393. Man, it is in here, President. Ah, here it is. While I greatly appreciate the efforts of President Xi and China to help with North Korea, it hasn't worked out. At least I know China tried. That's rather ominous. Uh, maybe we'll hear that being talked about in the flip around. If you want to weigh in on the Chris Salcedo Show, folks, it's always available to you. The telephone number is 888-933-93, If you want to uh, reach out on social media, the aforementioned Twitter, by the way, I was reading from the president's Twitter handle there moments ago. Ours is at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, as in Texas, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher on-demand listening for the programming here. At the Great Bladio, uh, Blaze Radio Network. <laughs> the Bladio. Hey, I just made up a new word. The Bladio Network. Mm-hmm. Uh, catch the show live. Theblaze.com slash radio. Uh, the Blaze Radio smartphone app or the iHeart Radio app. I'm talking so quickly. I'm trying to get so much out and just can't get it out fast enough. Uh, let's see. Did I get all the social media? Oh, yes. Theblaze.com. Go to the channel section and find the Chris Salcedo Show there. That is theblaze.com on the channel section. Uh, before we even get started, yesterday we told you about Otto Warmbier. It broke during our show and Otto Warmbier passing away. John McCain. John McCain, you know I'm no fan. But John McCain got on Twitter today. Or was, was I'm not even sure where he was. He was either in an interview or on Twitter or somewhere. But John McCain said that, in essence, that those who are stupid enough to go to North Korea should sign a waiver. Americans, quote, stupid enough to go to North Korea should sign a waiver. Now, look. I agree with the underlying sentiment. I don't think it is wise for any American to head to a deadly communist repressive regime's country. Uh, you will, you will be exploited. You will be, uh, at, at the very least, harassed, and at the very worst, you'll lose your life. That is the uh, legacy of these communist thugs over in North Korea. Now, all that being said, the day after Otto Warmbier dies, John McCain, you want to call him stupid? I mean, who is John McCain anyway? Elizabeth Warren? I mean, really? I mean, here, here come the Democrats, Elizabeth Warren, Nancy Pelosi, and, and Bernie Sanders, just days after one of their liberal progressive 
kooks took shots at Republicans, putting one in the hospital, almost losing his life. And they're already out blasting away. So much for the unity, so much for civility. Let's get out to the, uh, the flip around, folks. We'll start off, as is our practice, with CNN. Unfortunately, we missed Jim Acosta, which... He will he will play a prevalent role today in the first hour of the program. Enlisted a hotel, uh, they say that just doesn't exist. Flynn's lawyer declined to comment in an email to CNN. So I have uh, Nick Ackerman with me, assistant uh, special Watergate prosecutor, now a partner at the law firm of Dorsey and Whitney, and CNN chief local correspondent Dana Bash. So welcome to both of you. And Dana, let me just dive right in with you. You know how. We're seeing this trend with Trump officials are for forgetting or not disclosing the details. You know, Jeff Sessions, Derek, Jared Kushner. and Yeah, that never happened during the Obama administration. Look, uh, Newt Gingrich, and we'll probably have this soundbite tomorrow because I wasn't planning on getting into this today. But Newt Gingrich said the fix is in. The fix is in with this special counsel. Somebody's going up the river and it probably won't be the president, but it will be one of his associates. And I think the basket of biased press and Democrats have their have their sights set on Flynn. And there's a reason why. Now, Flynn wasn't exactly the most honest of individuals, and I don't want to pretend that he was. But that being said, uh, I think the Democrats view him particularly as a traitor because he served in the Obama administration and then turned on them and outed everything that Obama was doing. So I think they want to they want to make an example of him. I think that they have all they've, they've got the long knives out. Not a lot of friends among Republicans for Mr. Flynn. Because he was such a, a vocal supporter of Donald Trump. The establishment guys don't like him very much. And the Democrats, uh, because he was airing all of Obama's dirty laundry. Didn't care for him either. So I think and he has in some some inconsistencies in his testimony, although CNN was forced to report earlier today that he is fully cooperating with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Let's go over to Fox. Otto Wambier very well may be another symptom of that. Restrictions, travel restrictions in order? Yes, I mean, for a couple of reasons. First of all, we don't want other Americans to become hostages, but also the regime earns 100% of the dollars that come in from tourism because your waitress or your tour guide, they get North Korean won, which is generally worthless. Those dollars go into ballistic missiles, nuclear weapons, because money is fungible. So every time you see a missile arcing into the sky, it's tourist dollars at work. We can travel into every country on the face of the earth except, of course, <laughs> for Cuba, uh, it is unusual in the main for the United States to restrict the movement of its own citizens. It's more normal for the State Department to put out notices and warn you about what you're about to get yourself into. Well, you see, Shep, uh, as he giggles a little bit about Cuba, uh, the reason why we don't send tax dollars to Cuba because Cuba uses that money to kill people with whom they politically disagree. <laughs> Shep, you know, the, the whole assassinating of one's political opposition, they undertake that practice quite frequently down there in Cuba. <laughs> so all those, I know, yes, well, all of those American tourism dollars go to the repressive regime and some saner people, uh, not including the last administration, some sane people said, that's not a good idea. That's not what we stand for. Over in North Korea, it's been demonstrated in all too, all too clear fashion that you take your very life into your hands if you travel into a repressive regime. Now, I know some of you left-wingers out there 
look at the communists and go, oh, just lovable little teddy bears. They just want the best for their people. Um, I think Kim Jong-un dispels that idiocy right now. Let's get over to MSNBS. Referendum on President Trump. And for uh, Democrats, it's being thought of as what could be the start of a wave. Steve Kornacki's been looking at the numbers in a way that only Steve Kornacki does. And the only way that uh, anybody can understand it is to watch him do it. So do your thing, Steve. All right, Allie. Well, let's take a closer look here. So Georgia's sixth. Again, it's such a tiny area here. These densely packed suburbs directly north of Atlanta. Most recent poll here basically has this thing as a tie. The key to this district, yes, your last guest just said, this is a district with a strong Republican tradition, but a very specific kind of Republican tradition. And it's one where Democrats, it thinks they think it gives them an opening in the Trump era. Here's why. Donald Trump only won this district, this very strongly Republican district, by a single point. Actually, it's 1.5, but let's not parse words. Did you hear the introduction to this segment? That a district that is tied right now, 49-49 in the polling, is the beginning of a wave. <laughs> MSNBS and wishful thinking. Uh, th- th- that is just too dang funny. Now, Ossoff, the, uh, the pajama boy who's running f- uh, for congressman in Georgia, he, he uh, gets all of his money nine to one from wealthy donors out in the state of California. California values are propping up Ossoff in Georgia's sixth. So anybody that's in Georgia with the sound of my voice, you better get out there. Uh, Ossoff is, is you know, Bernie Sanders wannabe, a, a Nancy Pelosi wannabe. Uh, those aren't your priorities down there in Georgia, in the Georgia sixth. Uh, you know, you want your family to work. You don't want to be dependent on government. Uh, uh, you want opportunity? That's not Ossoff. And and you know what else? It's it's being bandied about even on on Fox News. I heard who was this? It wasn't Lajeunesse. Who was reporting down there? Oh, I'm looking right at him. I just can't remember his name. Uh, this the aside from being laughable, this is the beginning of a wave. Uh, that that if Democrats can pull off a win in Georgia's sixth that it will be the template for other races in 2018. And and you know what? If the Democrats win, I hope it is. You know why? You know how much money the Democrat Party has spent and how much money is in this district? Was it 50 million? 50. 50 million. They've had to spend millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, and they may only win by a point if they win at all. And if they if they squeak out a victory, that will mean the Democrat Party has to spend that kind of money just to get a point victory. And that means those seats aren't very secure. And that means that they'll that the Democrat National Committee will be more bankrupt than it already is. <laughs> so let's hope that is a blueprint. I mean, legit, I, I'm, I'm on record. I, I don't think I don't think the Democrat will win. I mean, a lot, a lot of folks, for my, my read of the district and what I'm hearing is they come out on election day. That's where the bulk of the voting comes from. The early voting is split right down the middle. And if, if handle, uh, early voting is split and handle, uh, if she gets, if she wins on election day, 
then it's it's the Republicans get to keep that seat. I don't think it's going to be a wide margin either way. But uh, I, I just I can't conceive of folks in Georgia going, oh, yeah, let's go with a socialist. <laughs> let's go with a communist. That's that's what's going to fix everything. I mean, they they may dislike Trump down there, but uh, I don't think they distrust it. But they they uh, hate him that much to to doom themselves. I could be wrong. Telephone number is 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Coming up, uh, we will talk a little bit about how the uh, the rhetoric has all of a sudden changed back to normal, sponsored by, of course, our political adversaries, the left wing in this country. What happened to the unity? What happened to the warm kumbaya feelings after a left, a crazed left-wing maniac tried to murder with a list in his pocket, tried to murder Republicans. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, Otto Warmbier has just passed away. He spent a year and a half in North Korea. A lot of bad things happened. But at least we got him home to be with his parents. We were so happy to see him, even though he was in very tough condition. But he just passed away a little while ago. It's a brutal regime. And we'll be able to handle it. Since I have been alive or been paying attention to political things, this regime has been a pain in the world's rear end. And I think it's outlived its usefulness. I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's probably a good thing I'm not president. Because my first instinct is to make North Korea pay and make it pay right away. And make it pay mightily. And I don't know whether you could do this. I think I heard Greg Gutfeld wondering pretty much the same way I am wondering out loud to you right now yesterday on The Five. It's like, you know, what do you do? You, if, you, if you openly retaliate, this is how sick the North Koreans are. If the United States retaliates for a loss of one of its citizens, instead of firing at us, they'll fire at South Korea. Because South Korea is an ally. Because they can't hit us. So they'll just, they'll just murder a whole bunch of South Koreans. And, then, and they'll say, it's on your, the blood's on your hands. And CNN will echo it. And MSNBS will echo that. The irresponsible Trump administration. And, you know, during Democrat administrations, they don't, 
they don't talk this way about making those pay for killing our countrymen. And during Republican administrations, the leftists inside of the media, they make sure that the narrative is, well, you just, the blood's going to be on your hands. Even though the blood is right now on the dictator's hands in North Korea. I, um, something's got to be done. We have scant options and every single one of them is bad. Because of the conventional weaponry that North Korea has uh, aimed at South Korea, and we have mo- a moral compass in this country, it's what prevents any meaningful actions being taken militarily at North Korea. And getting the Chinese to do anything. Uh, as we read from the president's Twitter account just off, well, this is his personal Twitter account that we read from at the top of the show. And I, I'm not sure who he's talking to, to be honest with you. Uh, with all due respect to the president, I, um, I don't know how much President Xi really did try. And here's the, here's the tweet again. While I greatly appreciate the efforts of President Xi and China to help with North Korea, it has not worked out. At least I know China tried. So, well, maybe the Chinese were the were the uh, targets of this tweet, saying, "You know, we gave you guys every opportunity, but you know, an American is dead now, tortured at the hands of your client state. So, guess what? Now we're going to do something. I would begin if I were this president by." putting in nuclear weapons back into the South Korean peninsula and nuclear weapons in Japan. And that would get the North Koreans, sorry, well, get the North Koreans' attention, certainly, but it would get China's attention right now. I mean, right now. And then they may get off their communist butts and do something because then it would be in their best interests to get off their leftist communist butts and do something. Right now, they have no incentive to do anything. And they're not doing anything about North Korea that's, that's meaningful. Nothing meaningful. You know, it's, it's kind of what it is with left-wing extremists. They like all the goodies and all the power and all that. They, don't, they never like to pay for it. I mean, uh, China wants to be the regional hegemon. They want to be the the guy in charge in that part of the world, but they don't want to do anything to earn it. Just like left-wingers in our country. And we all know communism is the, the, the ultimate expression of the Democrat party in this country, that communism is where their ideology ultimately leads. John Bolton was asked by Fox News this morning about, you know, what do we do about North Korea? Well, I think in the near term, I'd certainly favor reimposing every sanction that we ever had on North Korea, uh, including particularly adding them back to the list of state sponsors of terrorism. They never should have been removed from the list. This has significant implications for economic dealing uh, with North Korea. We ought to put all that pressure back on we can. But honestly, uh, we've seen enough of North Korea over the past 25 years to know they're not 
going to change their behavior because we put pressure on them. Uh, I think it's time to get to the cut to the chase here uh, and, and look at what we really need to do with this regime that commits acts of terrorism, that's pursuing nuclear weapons, that oppresses its own people. We need to end this regime. Hmm. And the way we end the regime is by reuniting the Korean Peninsula. It won't be easy. We need Chinese help. Yes, we would need Chinese help. And again, I would rationalize unless there is a nuclear deterrent in region in uh, South Korea or and Japan or both that China won't be inclined to give us much in the way of anything that's real or tangible help. That is my opinion. I know it is shared by some other conservative thinkers out there, and I'm hoping that President Donald Trump is hearing it. All right, folks, back in a minute. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the ghost gunner. You know what that is? I'll explain. Coming up. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Fox News uh, breaking in with this first. There appears to have been an, an attack in Brussels. Uh, police there have confirmed an incident at a train station. Apparently, there's been some sort of an explosion. Uh, Sky News, their affiliate over there. As a matter of fact, let's dip in. They're breaking right now on Fox News. Where reporter Ed Brown is standing by live and reporting for Sky News. Let's listen. And other police officers. Um, we believe that according to Belgian media, the um, reports are that there was a, an individual with an explosive uh, belt of some sort uh, who was uh, down in Central Station. Uh, and seems to have been neutralized. At the moment, there are no further details. Um, the whole area is cordoned off. Uh, uh, there are people being pushed back. Um, but the uh, environs, there's a lot of restaurants around here, a lot of people um, enjoying the kind of evening, and they're still out and about. So it's, uh, there's, a, there's a strong cordon, but there's not an atmosphere of panic yet. We understand that the Belgian police are saying that the situation is now under control. Ed, thank you. So just to recap there, this is uh, an incident being reported at Brussels Central Station. Uh, local media saying that a person wearing an explosive belt has been neutralized and that the situation is under control. Uh, just the, the latest line on that is that the soldiers guarding Central Station uh, neutralized that person after a small explosion with no other casualties. We'll bring you more as and when we get it. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> so there was a small explosion and the authorities are saying that we neutralized the guy <laughs> is it possible that perhaps the the explosive belt neutralized him for you if this is a pattern that we're used to seeing with our adversaries our enemies uh explosive belts are not out of the question for suicide bombers of course brussels no stranger to terrorism and well, uh, Br Brussels police are confirming an incident has happened and eyewitnesses confirm there was an explosion. And the police also saying that, uh, well, 
<laughs> the guy's neutralized. So, and well, Dutch media is basically saying that the, the federal police over there are confirming there was an explosion as well. So it's, who boy, uh, here we go again. Uh, we all know that Europe is a hotbed of terrorism because of their inexplicably stupid immigration policies over there. Their non-insistence on assimilation into their, into their cultures and into their countries. And they are paying a price in Europe. Uh, for ha- Well, you know what? The, the, the center of all of that wrong-headed immigration is right there, oddly enough, in Brussels. It's why the UK left the European Union is because they had, for all intents and purposes, surrendered their sovereignty to the city of Brussels and those bureaucrats who managed the European Union from within. So uh, we will monitor any news if, if the would-be suicide bomber and the speculated suicide bomber, if uh, he is the only casualty, then um, we can call this somewhat a victory. If he is not, then we'll continue to bring you uh, more information as we get it here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Meantime, let's start talking about where did all the kumbaya moments go? I mean, it for the last couple of days, what have we been hearing? We've been hearing that it's, uh, you know, it's essential that we take down the tone. We take down the rhetoric. We, we stop all this divisiveness and uh, Nancy Pelosi said she was heart sick over Steve Scalise being in the hospital. And then she starts opening up about Obamacare. About how the Republicans are this and that and the other. And then you've got this committed left winger by the name of Scott Pelley. Who jumps on CBS News. And basically says the Republicans brought this on themselves. Here's Fox News Channel talking about this change in tone back to the cancerous tone spearheaded by the, well, I guess now former anchor of CBS Evening News. A few days ago, Democrats and Republicans walked onto a baseball field together. But even in trying times, politics can rear its head. Critics took issue with Scott Pelley asking if this was self-inflicted. It's time to ask whether the attack on the United States Congress yesterday was foreseeable, predictable, and to some degree self-inflicted. Now, first off, uh, was it on the Congress, Mr. Pelley, or was it on Republican members of Congress? What a disingenuous prig you are, sir. What a, and that's P-R-I-G, folks. Even though I think what you were all thinking might apply to Mr. Pelley after hearing this. Not only is he disingenuous, he, he dares to call himself a newsman. You dare, Scott Pilley, to call yourself a newsman? This wasn't an attack on Congress. This was an attack on one political party in Congress where the assassin had a list in his pocket of members of Congress to target, all Republicans. This is on one political party, sir, and you are disingenuous and you are misinforming your audience. By jumping on national television and saying, well, this is an attack on Congress. No, it was not. That is a bold face lie. It was not an attack on Congress. It was an attack on Republicans in Congress. By a crazed left winger. Who subscribes to your ideology, Mr. Pelley? 
too many leaders and political commentators who set an example for us to follow have led us into an abyss of violent rhetoric, which it should be no surprise has led to violence. Oh, violent rhetoric. Oh, you mean when conservatives disagree with left wing policies? You know, it's, it's only violent when the right disagrees with the left. Isn't that right, Scott Pelley? Oh, none of your side. None of your side could be undertaking this uh, this cancerous tone. A Democratic strategist from New Jersey tweeted hashtag hunt Republicans and then pushed back on calls to apologize. Hunt Republicans. From from the Democrats. Where was your reporting on that, Scott Pelley? Where was your reporting on Berkeley, Scott Pelley? on the so-called tolerant left-wingers, all Ann Coulter wanted to do is go and speak. And then your side, Scott Pelling, and yes, I know you are a biased left-wing, uh, I can't even call you a journalist, anchor. A biased left-wing anchor. What did you have to say? Where was this opinion of yours that you just expressed on national television? No wonder CBS thinks it's probably worthwhile uh, getting you off their news desk. You're not a very good newsman, sir. Not a very good newsman at all. You're a very good propagandist. You're a very good DNC apologist. But you are a terrible newsman, sir. And MSNBC's Joy Reid stirred up controversy when she tweeted, quote, Representative Scalise was shot by a white man with a violent background and saved by a black lesbian police officer. Uh-huh. So did George Takei. George Takei did something similar. Where was your reporting on that, Scott Pelley? We have more on this. And up next, by the way, folks, I want to introduce, for those of you who have not heard him before, the Ghost Gunner, right here on the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blitz. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. Show. All right, welcome back, everybody. The whole discussion that we've been having, in, well, the, the left wing has been having post this shooting in Virginia, it's been problematic. The focus hasn't been on those who were shot. This has started us down, again, this road, not blaming the individual who went nuts and abused his, his Second Amendment rights. The, the, the concentration from a certain segment of our society is to punish the rest of us so that we can't defend ourselves. Uh, I wanted to get a good friend of the program back on to talk about this aspect and many other things that he's been up to. He's been dubbed the Steve Jobs of the Second Amendment. Cody Wilson is the owner and proprietor of GhostGunner.net. He's the author of the groundbreaking book, Come and Take It, The Gun Printer's Guide to Free Thinking. Hey, Cody, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hey, happy to be here, man. Glad, glad to have you on. Uh, Mark Warner uh, told NBC News that it appeared that the gunman was there to kill as many re uh, Republicans as possible. He had that list in his pocket, targets of his. When, when just hours, actually minutes after the shots started ringing out, when many people were still recuperating and it wasn't clear that Steve Scalise was even going to make it, you had 
certain elements of our society blaming the guns. Give me your reaction. Yeah, I was seeing I was seeing some of that instant reaction when it was almost still rumor, and we had only just heard reports like hitting the wires that you know he had asked, you know, are these Republicans or Democrats? And of course, you know, the the bigger rumors were, oh, this was a machine gun, this was a an M4, an AR-15, and it just you know it's it hurts to be this pragmatic, but whenever the gun is an AR-15, we know as as law-abiding Second Amendment enthusiasts that that's trouble, and so that it that it ended up not being one is is a blessing in this case among others. Of course, that no one, none of the Congress people are dead. But, but look, if the gun was different, if it was a, a, a Trump supporter shooting Democrats, we'd be having a different conversation this morning. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Uh, lawmakers now are pushing, and we actually talked to a couple of them in the wake of this, of this attack. They're pushing to to have lawmakers be able to carry inside of the nation's capital. Of course, everybody knows Washington D.C., the most restrictive. Uh, area in the country, along with Chicago and, and parts of California, on uh, the Second Amendment right of self-defense. What do you think about lawmakers being able to carry? Well, look, I'm I'm for it in the sense that, as citizen statesmen, it, it underlines all of our rights to be protected. You know, to carry guns, no matter where we are, and to crack that nut, D.C., the federal buildings uh, with carry permits. I mean, almost a bridge too far, right? We almost know it's it can't fly, but to do that. I think would be almost bigger than any kind of federal, you know, appellate decision on the Second Amendment to, to break that stronghold. Wow, that'd be a big move for the Second Amendment. Yeah, the owner and proprietor of GhostGunner.net, Cody Wilson, is our guest right now, folks. Now, you had GhostGunner 1, and you guys are talking about GhostGunner 2, and uh, you guys are, are promoting it. You can basically manufacture an AR-15 or an AR-308 lower receivers, which for those of you who don't know the, the, the terminology, that's that's the gun. Basically, that's what makes a gun a gun. Uh, simple tools, point-and-click software. The machine automatically finds and aligns uh, an 80% lower to get it to work. Tell me what the difference is between your Ghost Gunner 1 product and the Ghost Gunner 2. Sure. Well, I mean, well, thanks. I mean, the main, our flagship product that supports our R&D and our efforts to stay in the courts and, and really develop new technologies to allow people to, you know, have their own guns is this, this product, the Ghost Gunner. Ghost Gunner 2 is a, is a totally automated machine that it's like the power of a drill press, but with microcontrollers and, and basically like what you'd expect, plug and play software like you'd expect in any other device that you bring into your home and hook up to your computer. Uh, we're, we're bringing that same type of consumer attitude to making your own gun parts, and in fact, when in this case, completed guns. And this is all legal, I should add. Yeah. Well, I was doing some quick math, and if anybody's been out shopping for an AR-15 and a high-quality AR-15, uh, you know that, uh, that the total cost of what you guys are putting together with the ability to mill uh, in your possession, you, you add up all the parts, and, it, and, it's, and it's very comparable to what you'd have to go to the store and actually buy a... Um, uh, an actual assembled AR-15. It's it's very competitive. I'd say I'd say sure. If you're if you're a value conscious person, then then yeah, it, it also makes sense to get into it for that reason. Although we've seen AR, especially like uh, budget AR kits, really really falling. The bottom's coming out now that Trump's president. But yeah. I mean, if you're an AR enthusiast, if you own one AR, you're likely to own multiple ARs. So we were developing this technology more to support you know the, this series of customization and and really individualization that the gun world has experienced, especially now that you know Hillary Clinton is not elected. It looks like we've got at least four, <laughs> maybe even eight years of, of fun times ahead, right, in the gun world. Yeah. So it's, it's mostly a, you know, a casual kind of enthusiast device. It's not really 
to, to say, hey, this is the absolute cheapest way you can get into an AR. It's also a platform. So it makes ARs today, but this summer, you know, and probably we'll be back on the show to talk about it, this summer it'll be doing uh, handguns, common and popular handguns like the Glock and the 1911. I mean, we're, we're developing a platform to allow the Second Amendment enthusiasts to exercise his right without having to go down to the store and also to take back a little bit of industrialization, right, to develop a little bit of skill. Yeah, no, I understand that. I understand. And let me play devil's advocate with you. Now, what do you say to certain folks in our society who say the government should know what weapons you have? That 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 serial number that comes uh, if you go through all the channels set up by uh, the the anti Second Amendment folks on citizens' weapons that they are needed somehow. What do you say to those folks? Look, I you know in some cases i i agree that the question is not put in bad faith but in most cases the question is often put in bad faith uh the the gun control act and the ffl system the serial numbers aren't meant to be surveillance techniques they've only ever meant uh they've only ever been implemented to regulate the commerce in guns in this country they're ostensibly commercial regulations yes they assist law enforcement but i mean since 1791 in this country this government this federal government or the state governments have never known and had no reason to know uh, the guns that law-abiding citizens own. And so I, I stand very proudly on this line and say it's not their business, and it's uh, often inappropriate to, uh, to insist that it is. All right, Cody Wilson, everybody. He's the owner and proprietor of GhostGunner.net. Uh, he is being dubbed out there in some circles as the Steve Jobs of the Second Amendment. Come and take it is the name of the book, The Gun Printer's Guide to Free Thinking. Cody, always a pleasure to visit with you, man. Always informative. Thanks very much. I loved it. Thank you. All right, folks, more to come on the other side of the break here on the Chris Salcedo Show. We'll detail more of the Democrats abandoning the new civil tone on the Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze. Be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network.